fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into another episode of the Voice of Reason. It is a Tuesday, the post-Monday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week. Yes, we say that every single day because we are the eternal optimists. So welcome in and a lot of stuff to talk about today. Holy cow. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the program, we love you and appreciate you very, very much. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country. And we always appreciate Hold on. I'm trying. I'm, for some reason, our video stream has been choppy and freezing up the last couple of days, and I just don't know why. So I'm trying to get this fixed up. It feels like one of those days where I'm a step behind, constantly trying to play catch up. I got a lot of stuff to do all day long, and I just haven't been able to feel like I'm caught up on my duties of the day. And then, of course, that happens. So boy, oh boy. That's all right. Still a great show. And we got a lot of stuff lined up. Big uh, guest for you today. Bottom of the hour. David Horowitz. He is an author, commentator. His latest book, I Can't Breathe, his best-selling author. So there we go. We'll talk about corruption in the IRS as we look to expand the IRS now that the Inflation Reduction Act has officially been signed and we look to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. What's the corruption behind the IRS and what can we do to prevent some of that corruption now that they're out to get your money because you know you're just not paying your fair share in that uh, wealth for the federal government. Not wealth for you in the private sector and how well the economy is doing and the, the country as a whole is doing, but you as an individual. You just got to pay more of your fair share. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. I have been battling, and I really, really hope I'm not getting sick. I've sneezed a couple of times today. and but The wife, Mrs. Voice of Reason and Little Voice of Reason, have been under the weather. They've had a cold. They've been coughing, sneezing, not feeling well. I have not had it that bad. I've sneezed a couple of times today, which probably means that I have COVID-19 and probably going to die. I, <laughs> I know. I know. You can send me your farewell wishes. It's okay. And you your get well soon. I, I promise that we're not going to die. But we you never know. We have COVID-19 probably because that's about the extent of what COVID does for some individuals, uh, obviously. Others, obviously, it is more severe. Not trying to downplay COVID from the last two years, but I'm also downplaying Dr. Fauci and the severity of what they tried to lock us down with for the last couple of years. So, yes, we could die from COVID-19. There is, however, uh, an issue that the federal government's kind of panicking about a little bit is monkeypox cases are now evading the vaccine. I find that kind of hilarious because there's a very simple way to not get the monkeypox, but they don't want to talk about that. I don't want to spend a lot of time on that one, but uh, you know, your, your well wishes are much appreciated for me having a couple sneezes today and probably going to die from COVID-19. In the latest in what's trending, we have a lot to talk about today, so let's jump into it. What's trending today? I didn't quite get to it yesterday, but I think we need to discuss it. So today, let's focus some time on it, shall we? Obviously, this is a major economic issue that I think uh, uh, affects a lot of people on a wide range of age levels as well. It's not just the younger generation, although they do predominantly have the vast majority of it, but student loan payments. And I want to talk about it because apparently tomorrow the Biden administration is about to make an announcement. Now, I'm not going to tell you what that announcement is yet. 
until after we break down the issue. Then we'll talk about what Biden's going to do, because as usual, I got to get your thoughts on whether it makes sense or not. Because show of hands, probably the most people are like, yeah, Andy, it's not going to make any sense. But we'll find out. Maybe he, you know, blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. <laughs> Is that the case for this one? I don't quite know. So here's the latest. There's a Gallup poll out right now, according to Newsmax.com, where a record number of Americans say that they're suffering economically because of high inflation that just a month ago was floating around 9.2%, that has dropped down to 89 or 8.8%. All right, it's going down. It's not as horrible as what it used to be. It's still bad, but still not as horrible as what it used to be. So we're on the uptrend. Everything's great. You can go and vote Democrat now on the election, right? It's what the mainstream media and what the economic experts and what the Democrats are telling us. It's just marginally less worse than what it was prior over the last couple months. So therefore, things are okay. I saw a headline on Drudge Report today that said, wow, gas prices have been down for 70 days straight. Therefore, uh, it's deflating the arguments from the Republicans because gas prices have been down over the last couple of weeks. And that's because I don't think it was 70 days, whatever that. Let me see if I can find it again. I hate Dredge Report, but I did laugh at that uh, for a moment that it's deflating Republicans. Because that was the talking point that everything was so high and gas prices were so high. And now that it's going down, Republicans have nothing to argue about. They have nothing to complain about with the Democrats, which just isn't the case. I mean, now, if you do follow the markets in any way, shape or form, gas uh, oil barrels are back up over $90. It's going closer to the 100 again, which means prices will start creeping back up little by little. But between gas prices, the food prices that are really about anywhere between 10 to 20 percent on the inflation rate compared to what they were prior, that we're struggling a lot. The vast majority of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. According to the survey that found 5.6 percent of Americans in July evaluated their lives uh, poorly enough to be considered suffering on the Gallup's Life Evaluation Index. The previous high was 4.8%. Uh, as Since reaching a record high in June of 2021, life ratings among American adults have steadily worsened as 5.6% suffering rate in July marked the first time in the Gallup measure to exceed 5% total in estimation of the near 14 million American adults that uh, they say are suffering in this economy. Not being able to meet ends meet, or at least living paycheck to paycheck and struggling on where they're going to pay for everything every day. Now I want to take this to the issue of student loans. The vast, Apparently the vast majority, which makes me look kind of dumb because I did not do it this way, but the vast majority of student loans are federal student loans. I've told you how much I have on this show, and I feel very odd every time I tell you this, but I think I'm floating right around like $50,000 in student loans right now. I've gotten it down because at one point I left, uh, my wife and I left, because at one point when we bought our first home, we had more student loan debt than our house mortgage. Our house was, I don't know what it was, like $90,000, $100,000, and we had right around $100,000 of student loan debt. I've worked it down. We've been paying things off. We're doing the Dave Ramsey thing, paying down the debts, doing what we have to do, and we've gotten it down right now. I want to say to write around $50,000, which is good. I mean, I'm happy about that. We have a long ways to go, but we're doing well. Excuse me. I had to call for a second. Didn't want to do that over the radio. So we have roughly about $50,000 of student loans. $40,000 of that is private student loan debt right now. Meaning even with the COVID pandemic and the way the government's been uh, extending some of the forbearance right now, 
not a lot of it, for me at least, has been uh, for Berenstain in any way, shape, or form. I've still had to pay quite a bit about for the last couple of years uh, on my student loans. They haven't gone away. I had one student loan to where I didn't have to pay on it for the last two years. The rest of it is not a big deal to me, but I must be the idiot because the vast majority, apparently 80 to 90, 92%, according to Forbes magazine, of all student loan debt, 92% of student loan debts are federal student loans that have been forbeared or deferred during the COVID-19 pandemic. And now the question is, when do we bring some of these student loans back? When do we start making individuals pay them? I think, personally, that they never should have been deferred in any way, shape, or form, that we should have continued to pay them. Because what happens when you get rid of a payment, some type of debt that you don't have to pay on every single month, whether it's a car, whether it's a mortgage, whether it's a student loan payments, what happens to those when those go out of the budget? Individuals compensate by changing what their budget actually looks like to where they don't factor that issue into their budget any longer now we have massive inflation rates that are record-breaking and we have interest rates that continue to climb to battle the inflation to offset some of the market to where they don't purchase goods in the consumer market so we can try to catch ourselves back up and with a vast majority of what they say of individuals according to these gallup polls that are struggling or suffering economically in this country now you want to throw back on top of it student loan payments that they haven't had to pay on for the last two years. I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense. Now, I'm all about you paying your damn bills because it's not our responsibility as taxpayers to compensate for your lack of budgeting in some way. However, the government has opened up the possibility perfectly for student loan forgiveness, don't you think? Because isn't that the argument? And that was the argument why they tried so hard to do that uh, child tax credit that was the universal basic income uh, from just a year ago, where they said that we're going to give you a certain amount of money from your taxes and just give it to you up front for your monthly tax income uh, for the amount of children that you have. And it's going to go on your taxes to where you don't get paid for it from your taxes anymore. But if you don't qualify for that tax credit, that child tax credit, but you have children, doesn't matter, we're still going to send you a check, which is why it wasn't necessarily a child tax credit. What it really was was the beginning of a universal basic income that they were testing the waters. And they got really angry when that ended at the end of the year last year because they wanted to continue it this year for them to launch themselves into a permanent universal basic income. They've done the same thing with student loans now. For two years during the COVID-19 pandemic, while we're laying people off, there's economic hardship, people won't be able to pay them, they deferred student loan payments that were federal student loans, not private ones. Again, like I said, I've had to pay on mine the entire two years because they are private, most of it, $10,000 of it I haven't had to pay on. But outside of that, all the other I've had to pay on throughout the entire two years, which thankfully, thank God, I had you know sufficient income and working in media and not having to be laid off to where I could compensate for that, and it didn't bother me a whole lot. So I was one of the lucky ones, and I will say that very upfront. But the vast majority, apparently, according to Forbes, 92% of all the student loans are federal, and individuals have not had to pay on them. Now, if they were smart, they would have continued to pay on them interest-free to knock them down. So by the time they do kick back in, then they're at a lower amount, and they wouldn't have had to pay as much interest on them. I'm sure some individuals did. I'm sure the vast majority did not. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there, especially for the younger generation where they're like, hey, cool. You know, either they were struggling and we you know, couldn't afford it or they were just like, man, that really frees up some stuff to where I can deal with life on a daily basis or I can just go about my day and actually have some little extra cash in my pocket. So the question is, when are those going to resume? 
As of right now, those student loan payments are set to resume at the end of this month. Is that going to happen? Probably not. With Biden's announcement that's set to come tomorrow, where he's talking about extending out that deferment again for individuals because of where the economy's going. Now, economics, I use this word again very loosely on the show, economic experts, I use the air quotes, say that now's the time to bring them back because we can't front the student loan relief any longer for the federal government that's probably chipping into our inflation rates because the government's dependent on that money. And here's the stupid part of how this is all played out. When they deferred student loan payments, that also means the interest payments and the money going into the government to pay for the loan that the government lent out to individuals and the interest that was going on top of that, which their high interest rates, anywhere between 6 to 10% overall, really, that didn't stop from the federal government. They didn't stop becoming dependent on that revenue for the federal government. What they've done is they fronted it with taxpayer money as if that revenue flow never stopped. One of the reasons we have inflation in this country right now. And they say it's time to bring it back because they need that revenue to start flowing back into the federal government. Are they going to? When we come back, we'll tell you what the Biden administration's wanting to do. Because we're at a crossroads now. Do we bring it back and put the burden back onto the people that were not smart enough to continue to pay on it and budget it in, and now we're sitting at near 9.2% inflation rates with a crazy economy? Or do you continue to defer it and raise inflation by compensating it on the federal level? And you got to evaluate the election politics into this as well when we come back. Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I'm telling you, you're going to die from COVID. I'm telling you, it's a craziness. Welcome back into the program, 24 minutes past the hour. So, with student loans, the average family household in this country has an average of $30,000 of student loans. I guess I'm right about that average now, about th- about 40 to 50. So, I'm a little bit on that on higher end for the averages of student loans. But do we resume the payments? Do we continue to defer them? Right now, it's left a massive hole in the revenue for the federal government. Instead of just not anticipating that revenue to come in, they've compensated it by just using taxpayer money to fill that void. And then you wonder why taxes are going up, because the government has now become a massive bank where they're looking for that cash flow from student loans, from the amount of loans that they put out there and the ridiculously absurd 9 to 10% interest rates that they have on there as well. So many economists are saying it's time to bring them back. And you have to put in the election and the political realm into factors here. You shouldn't because we should just say, hey, you took out the loan, you pay back the student loan. It's a very simple process. At the end of the day, I took out a lot of student loans. I was very stupid when I was younger, and I will never do that again. And I will make sure my daughter never does that as well. But guess what? I took them out I will pay them back. That is my personal responsibility and what I will do on my personal level. Now, again, I can't get rid of mine because they're private. So even if I wanted to, I couldn't because a private company holds them and holds me to it. Boy, a day passed. If they don't get paid the day of, man, they are emailing and calling and freaking out. Now, if I pay early, they're like, oh, thanks. That's cute. But, man, you miss a day. They lose their minds. So the big question is now in the political realm, 
Is it time to bring them back? I'm not asking you because I know the answer from you. Your answer is, well, duh, yeah, start bringing them back and make people actually pay their debts that they owe because right now we are compensating for it. We are filling that voice taxpayers to compensate for the revenue coming into the government because they didn't actually cut that out of their budget of what income revenue the federal government was going to see. So this is not a question for us. This is a question for what the Democrats are going to do going into an election season at a time when there are more people struggling with their hardships economically and you want to say the economy is doing better. Do you put that burden back on to that younger generation that can barely afford to live in their mom's basement right now as it is? <laughs> is, that, is that where we're at now? Is that where we're going? That's the direction we're going on this program, apparently. So the latest is tomorrow, apparently, the Biden administration is about to make an announcement. Let's go into the Biden basement. As according to NBC News, President Joe Biden is expected to announce tomorrow, Wednesday at the White House, that he is set to cancel $10,000 of federal student loans per borrower, making $125,000 a year or less. He is also expected to extend the federal student loan payment pause for several more months, according to multiple uh, sources familiar with the matter as well. So at the time of the hardship, at the time of going into an election when they are at this crossroads, and again, they're at the crossroads, do you bring it back to bring the flow of uh, revenue back to the government and make people start paying for it, but you burden them, or do you continue to defer to try and win over the young generation? Well, apparently they're going to take the latter. Not only are they just going to put the burden back onto the taxpayer for this, and they're going to uh, try and buy off and pay off the young generation to support Democrats because that is their hope and dreams to try and get a whole new voter base that is the younger generation. They're doing it by canceling $10,000 of federal student loans. Now, luckily for me, I have exactly $10,000 of federal student loans because the rest of my $40,000 of it are all private loans. But apparently I'll be able in the next few months to write off my last $10,000 dollars of federal student loans <laughs> now that's roughly about four hundred dollars a month in my uh, two hundred dollars for that payment i guess whatever but for those uh, most individuals that's not going to do a whole lot but just that little bit that little bit of saying they're going to buy off the young generation they say it's to be able to free up more money for people so they can spend more money in the consumer market and spur the economy. But guess what? With the bailout that's going to happen in you, the taxpayer, that's going to compensate for that money, that is a debt from the federal government with inflation, with spending and government compensation, it's not really going to help the economy a whole lot now, is it? With Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Holy cow, welcome back into the program on the home stretch here, last half hour of the program. I know, I know we're seeing some of the comments on social media right now about why stop at $10,000? Why only forgive $10,000 of student loans? Why even stop there? Which you know they're not going to. You know the Biden administration is going to come back and be like, well, you know, $10,000, that's just the start. They wanted the universal basic income, a.k.a. the child tax credit, uh, last year, they didn't get it. This is the way for them to buy off the young generation. Look, again, I have $50,000 of student loan debt myself, paying it off one penny at a time through radio broadcasting. 
So welcome back in. Multiple <laughs> multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the show. We appreciate you very much. We'll get back into the student loan conversation here in just a bit as uh, the Biden administration set to make their announcement tomorrow on whether they defer student loans or continue to, uh, or make them come back during the time of the suffering that Americans have economically thanks to the Biden administration's policies already. But let's shift gears a little bit. And as they look for revenue into the federal government, they're finding new and creative ways to do so and excited to talk with that with our next guest here on the show. What's trending today? I'm happy to have this guy on the program. It's been a while since we've had him on. I've been a big fan of his for a very long time. He is an author, commentator, author of his latest best-selling book, I Can't Breathe. You can also find his website at horowitzfreedomcenter.org. But it's the man himself, Mr. David Horowitz. David, how are you, my friend? I'm doing okay. Yeah, it's good to have you on. The, yeah, good to have you on the program. I appreciate you coming on. It is other than our country, which is practically on life support. Yeah, that is very true. It is unfortunate that we are this bad. I mean, we were just talking about the the announcement of tomorrow potentially forgiving ten thousand dollars of student loan, federal student loans. David, I mean. Why stop at 10000 Why wouldn't they just say, we're going to pay off all of the student loans that, that are federally owned, so that way we can just raise taxes and just pay it off that way? It's called boiling the frog. <laughs> you do it one degree at a time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they're just gangsters. We're, we're gangsters in the White House. They're no respecters of the law, the, let alone the Constitution. Uh, they've destroyed our borders illegally. Biden had no authority to do what he's done. Yeah. Uh, he should be in jail. Well, one step at a time. Maybe we can. Maybe we'll at least see Fauci in jail by the end of his reign here once Republicans take control of Congress. Oh. You know, nobody mentions Fauci's role in the AIDS epidemic. He helped to kill 500,000 healthy young gays. Yeah. They, they put out the lie that, that AIDS was an equal opportunity virus, which it wasn't. It, it was spread like monkey pox. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I, I did a whole series of articles back in the 80s on this. Well, it's kind of ironic that it's it's the timing of when he's leaving now, going from starting with the AIDS pandemic and ending with the monkey pox pandemic, I find kind of ironic, don't you? Yeah, unfortunately, he played a big role in all of it. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a very bad, bad person. Very much so. Well, maybe and, maybe and if Republicans come in, we can see it. by a bad party. Yeah. Well, that is true. Uh, Democrats like to control a lot I of mean, their, they have, their corrupt. And, yeah. It was Trump's mistake. You don't take public health officials who are Democrats. Mm. Can't trust them. Amen to that. Let's talk about the IRS for a second, I, David. I mean, we the have... The IRS, I... Nobody is... Everybody is right on the ball in terms of it's a, it's a Gestapo. Mm. The founders were brilliant thinkers. And the, are you aware that we have 18,000 local police departments? So if one of them is rotten, we still have 17,999 that are good, or, you know, pick any number that you like. Sure. That was brilliant, decentralizing law, law enforcement. Decent, you know, that's why we have a federal system. The Democrats want to put everything in Washington where it's under their thumb, and then they can raid the houses, the homes of former presidents without any rationality uh, or legality about it. I mean, it's just, it's gross. Yeah. 
But I, I, when I said that our country's on life support, I meant it. Sure. The, the mentality of these people to take a Peter Navarro, this gray-haired presidential advisor on trade, <laughs> and put him in leg irons. Nazis do that. Yeah. You're right. All I mean, right. They, they're looking for everyone. Are we going to see if they expand these 87,000 new IRS agents and, of course, the militarization of them, which is what they're trying to do? I mean, eventually, are we going to see our own personal IRS agent where we're just going to have an audit every single year and just expect it? We're, in the, we're not even in the early stages of a police state. No question about it. Mm. They have no respect for the Constitution. They get away with it. They destroyed our southern border. They talked about Trump like he was the head of Auschwitz when there were like 2,000 miners who were in cages that Obama built for him anyway. <laughs> they said he was ripping children out of the arms of their mothers. Do you know how many other company miners have made it to this country? Many of them died along the way or were raped. Uh, 250,000. 250,000. And the same people who are wringing their hands over Trump are saying nothing. Yeah. It's like it's normal. And not to mention all the terrorists who are just walking across our borders. Yeah, how many hundreds of different think, countries have we seen try and come across the border with, with individuals? It's, it's astounding. It's terrible. Yeah. Anyway, the thing is, though, that I, I've written this booklet with John Parazzo. It's an ebook, and you can get it uh, by going to frontpagemag.com. It's called the Internal Radical Service. Mm. The biggest funder of the left, the anti-American racist left, is you and me because of the IRS's corruption. I bet your listeners would be surprised to learn that Black Lives Matter, a criminal organization, Court, 220 American cities, cost $7 billion in property damage, killed scores of people, defunded the police so that now we have 5,000 more homicides per year than we had before Black Lives Matter, and stole, collected $100 million and stole it. Uh, one of the leaders bought a $40,000 designer dog with the money. They bought themselves mansions. This organization is considered a charity by the IRS, yeah. which has all of us funding it, and nobody is saying anything. It's a complete violation of all the IRS guidelines, and of course, they're being very hard-nosed with conservative organizations. You wondered about those. You probably didn't. You probably didn't even notice the NGOs, non-government organizations on the border who school these illegal invaders in how to get around our laws, how they can ignore our courts, bust them into the interior of the country. They're all tax exempt. They're all being funded with taxpayer dollars for crying out tears. Yeah. Uh, I can go on and on. The medical profession, you know, the coronavirus is, is, a, is a racist virus. If you don't know that, you haven't been paying attention right. <laughs> to the medical profession these days. Yeah. So that black patients get treated, they get 
privileged treatment because of the racism of the virus, which affects blacks more than it does whites. Why does it do that? Now, brace yourselves. The black community, you can look this up on the Internet, is the most obese community in America, which is a tragedy considering all those brilliant black bodies that you see on basketball courts and elsewhere. They're obese. That means they have high blood pressure, another comorbidity factor, uh, and, and diabetes too, another one. That's what's killing them. Now, how is this defended? How, how do they explain why it's a racist virus? By saying that black people uh, live in inner cities which have unhealthy conditions, they have unhealthy diets, uh, and a lot of stress from living in the inner cities. Black America does not live in inner cities. 80% of blacks in America are in the middle, upper, and working classes. They're not poor. They don't live in the inner city. This, this is just a a shell game played by the left and everybody is sort of averting their eyes from it. Sure. Uh, you want to know how, uh, well, we don't know actually. People say it was a fair election. They, they're talking through their hats in the same, well, not quite in the same way, but as people who are convinced that it wasn't a fair election. Nobody knows. Why? Because the Democrats prevented audits in all these battleground states, uh, if, if the Democrats were innocent of trying to steal that election, which they were not, they certainly wouldn't have fought against audits and said that anybody who questions an election is a traitor, yeah. which is what they say. What we do know is the Democrats tried to steal the election. Sure. Uh, they sent out five, 600 lawyers this is six months in advance of the election, and 10,000 volunteers to change the election laws in, all, in the battleground states across the country to make it easier to cheat. Then they insisted that, and, and let me point out, just from the point of view of this IRS, a tax-exempt charity run by Mark Zuckerberg yeah. spent yeah. as much money, $400 million as the Democrat sure. National Committee. David, David I, hate to, I hate to cut you off here. we got to take a hard break. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Sure. All right. Hang on the line here. It's David Horowitz. It is a best-selling author, I Can't Breathe. Also, frontpagemag.com. You can see the latest piece here on the IRS and what's going on here. We'll continue this conversation when we come back right around the corner here on a Tuesday for The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes of the show. It flies right on by here for a post-Monday celebration. Holy cow, we have student loan issues. We have the IRS expansion, the Inflation Reduction Act that doesn't really reduce inflation in any way, shape, or form. So there is that. Right now, we're hanging out with the man himself, David Horowitz. You can find him online at horowitzfreedomcenter.org. Also... 
You can check out his latest pieces at frontpagemag.com as well. David, let's talk about real quickly as we kind of wrap up the program here. Let's talk about this IRS, the corruption of the IRS, and how we can end this. I know there's been a push to, quote, quote unquote, end the IRS or uh, just abolish it completely, go to a flat tax or a fair tax. More than likely, that's not going to happen. But is there a way to maybe lower the power and the influence of the IRS and bring it down to a statewide level or something? the categories. You have to, first of all, you have to get rid of all of the criminals who are running it. They, they, they actually have a category, 527, um, as a code that allows, uh, allows an organization, so long as it doesn't endorse a specific individual mm. to get tax-exempt money. This has allowed George Soros to create the Democracy Alliance, which is a collection uh, of billionaires uh, who donate to the Democrat Party with your tax dollars. Yeah. It's that bad. But again, you can go to my website, frontpagemagazine.com or frontpagemag.com and get a copy of this booklet. The Zuckerberg thing, what Zuckerberg, <laughs> the, the, the ruse was that it was the to protect people from COVID when they voted. This country is full of football stadiums. Every high school has an athletic field where they they could have conducted the voting and people would have been able to distance themselves and be outside. But what Zuckerberg knew was that the chief method, uh, the chief fraud method is paper ballots that are unsolicited. Yeah. They insisted on that. Another thing is these drop boxes, which are easy. Again, they're not watched. They had the Zuckerberg money in Pennsylvania made drop boxes available every four square miles in urban areas, which are densely populated and which tend to vote Democrat. In Republican areas, with a thousand square miles between them, mm. drop boxes. This is called rigging an election, and the Democrats tried everything they could to do that. I happen to think they succeeded. Sure. I don't think for a second that Joe Biden got more votes than Barack Obama <laughs> at his right. I have to agree with that one. <laughs> that doesn't well, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, the guy doesn't remember what his name is half the time, but yet we're going to say that he's received the most of ballots than any other president in U.S. history. It just doesn't make any sense to me. No, and it doesn't make sense, period. Yeah. It is unfortunate. Uh, they, you Do- know, Republicans slept, conservatives did, when the left took over the universities and the school systems. Yeah. I wrote five books about this takeover. Uh, and they they sold pretty well, but they didn't lead to any action by the Republican Party. Mm. Hopefully, I'm, I've sent this booklet, uh, the Internal Radical Service, to every Republican in Congress on, on an oversight committee. Hopefully, there'll be listeners to your show who will call their congressman and ask them to look into this. Yeah. Because we, we can't win if they're left is getting hundreds of millions of dollars from every taxpayer and conservatives are not 
but that's the situation. That's the situation. No, no, you're absolutely right. It's David Horowitz. We're out of time, my friend. It is frontpagemag.com. Go and check out the writings there. Also, with uh, your office that you have, horowitzfreedomcenter.org. David, it's an honor to talk to you again, my friend. You're a great fighter. Keep it up. And we appreciate that. So he is... Uh, He's gone there. All right, there it is. So we appreciate David Horowitz coming on the program. Very much interesting information as he continues to keep that fight going all the time. Until then, it's time for you to keep that fight up and going as well. Tomorrow we'll continue this conversation, what the Biden administration will do about student loans. We'll get to that. Also, some uh, senators saying, hey, hold on there. Better be careful of some of the documentation regarding Fauci on his way out the door. So we could see some investigations starting on that front as well. All that coming up on the program tomorrow. Until then, we'll just keep on keeping on. And you keep up the fight on your end as well. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud. Speak the truth and always speak some reason. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a great day.